Before we begin, I would like to announce that I will be attending the 63rd Annual Convention of the American Society of Dowsers, June 8th through June 11th, being held at the State University of New York Adirondack Campus in beautiful Queensbury, New York. The convention will feature dowsing demonstrations and speakers, a metaphysical expo and dowsing bookstore, a wellness center, and much, much more. The Queensbury campus is only 45 minutes north of Albany International Airport, and affordable on-campus housing is available. For more information and to register for this unique event, please visit www.dowsers.org. And now for today's podcast. Welcome to High Vibes with your host, Bill G. At High Vibes, we're looking into what it means to be a fourth-dimensional being in an ever-changing world. We hope that by listening to our podcast, you can feel a greater sense of peace and connection as we collectively raise our energetic vibration to the next level. And now, for today's podcast. Hello and welcome to High Vibes. I'm your host, Bill G. And today's special guest is Roseanne Remiglio Ashley. She, uh, Roseanne is going to be one of the uh, wonderful workshop presenters at the American Society of Dowsers National Convention being held in beautiful Queensbury, New York, this June uh, 6th through June 11th. And information on that is available in the um, intro to the show. So Roseanne is an award-winning designer, published author, versatile artist, and spiritual channel, not to mention an ordained minister. Roseanne's ancestral heritage melds the Blackfoot, Louisique, and Miramac descent, as well as French-Canadian and Italian. In tune with her ancestors' guidance and clear vessel for spirit, her ancestors speak their messages through her and her work, opening hearts and reconnecting us to Mother Earth. She writes under the pen name Marie Dion. Her workshop is called Morning Rituals to Return to What's Sacred, and it allows you to greet the day with a morning ritual to connect spirit. Having a personal practice sets the stage for the day and becomes a grounding rod during this extraordinary time of transition. You can hear the real life examples and various ways that she flows through her rituals as they change with the seasons. In the workshop, you will explore what ritual work uh, is best for you at this point in your path and what would work easily with your daily routine. And once you're experienced, it then becomes a signpost, a feeling to guide you forward in creating a practice for yourself. So Roseanne, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. Very, very, very honored to be here and uh, very excited for this upcoming event. So uh, your workshop is on morning routines and well, before we get into that, let's, you're such a, I, I was looking at your websites, plural, <laughs> before the show, yeah, I know. and you are so versatile. So can you just give us a quick background about um, 
who you are and you're also responsible for designing the logo for the uh for the dowsers convention which is so so nice i mean the first time i saw it i was like oh my gosh this is the, i'm totally blown away so the Dowsers Conference, I would call image, was a complete visual channel that I got in a meditation. And it was about, and then what happened was my ancestors channeled the actual uh, words to go with it to uh, assist everybody in this transition right now. The, the energies are really off the charts. It's an unprecedented time. And we, we, I would say we as an organization, because I am a member, really, they were, the ancestors were shining a light of direction. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Of where we needed to go. So I, I would say if you really wanted to know my entire story, uh, my, my book is called Journey of a Red Soul. Meridian. Um, there's a actually a landing tab on my website, uh, meridian.info, that it says Tribal Crafts. It basically Tribal Crafts is a nonprofit organization. You can buy my one of my original editions of the book on on Amazon and all of that. But there's a special edition that I came up with to raise money for Tribal Crafts. They actually. Um, support the community at Greengrass in Lakota, um, Greengrass uh, out in Lakota country. I actually went out there to South Dakota in 2019 and the proceeds from that book um, assist and our, um, a portion of them are donated to that organization. So if you really wanted to know my entire story, it's there. Um, but I, have been born with the gifts of vision and, and sight, I guess. Not so much visual sight, but psychic sight. Does that make sense? So, you know, growing up, I did, we always knew we we're Indian, but I didn't know how native I was. And uh, my soul is native, even more so than my blood in this life, which is, you know, there and strong my um blackfoot grandfather who is i said let's say i'm his seventh generation granddaughter what i can say is uh when before the occupation happened on on turtle island uh those of spiritual insight got a prophecy that their children's children's children would lose the way when these pale people came to um to the lands and that there was going to be a very bad time for for six generations but if they did these very strong prayers their seventh generation would bring back the ways to their families now i didn't quite understand this I knew that I could hear him and I didn't actually know it was my grandfather for many years. Like that, that evolved I, as I, as I grew and, and my gifts grew, then I could actually discern who was talking to me, whether it was one of my Lakota grandmothers, whether it was my Blackfoot grandfather, whether it was my Italian grandmother, like I could 
as my gifts grew, I could figure out who was speaking and I could actually see them and hear them in my, in my, um, uh, I don't even know how to say it in my inner ear. <laughs> so what he told me, I don't even know if this is in the book, but what he told me was that he did huge ceremonies that I would remember. And I went through an awakening when I turned 30, I lived up in Maine and I went through an awakening process where they literally guided me back to my culture. And it started with me first being getting in touch with my Megamaw family, my Willis which is actually Maliseet. So my, my, my Pepe's family was Algonquin Maliseet, um, Willis which is Willisquay is the traditional word. Malice was a derogatory word given to us. So we're trying to reclaim our actual, you know, name. But my ceremonies were held in uh, Mi'kmaq country and I was brought there first. And I think it was, what was very interesting is my Blackfoot chief from Alberta would come from, would fly out for ceremonies and so both of my cultures would be together in that particular ceremony that I would go to. And this is how I was introduced, called back, I would say called back to who I was in small increments. Like first I, I met some Megamaw people at a powwow in Maine and then um, we became friends and then I designed one of um, one of the guys was part of a, a native rock band called Eagle Feather in Canada, and I designed their CD. Like so, this is how my design my design works. Here I was, corporate Italian designer, you know, um, creative director for a huge, huge award winning design firm. <laughs> you know, I was being flown out doing. We were just talking about this. I was flying out, fl being flown out to do uh, art direction for photo, photo shoots and all this you know, very high end stuff. And there was always this undercurrent of really who I was as an indigenous person, not even knowing how deeply indigenous I was. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So my skin, I mean, I was also born into it. My <laughs> my Blackwood grandfather says, said to me one day, so why am I, why did I grow up in an Italian family? And he literally said to me, because the trauma to native people all over he goes it was the closest loving atmosphere to who we were when we were healed and he said so so the italians is what you got and he also said that you know my skin is lighter it's you know because i'm a, i'm also italian i got the darker skin but it's also because i'm native and he said, you needed to be born as a bridge. So you needed to be able to walk in both worlds. And if I had come in very dark and very native looking, I would not have had the opportunities, unfortunately, that I had, is what he told me. I came, in, I came back and I am here to heal my lineage and to heal the trauma that happened to my people. And um, I just finished writing my second book, which is actually called Return to What's Sacred. And it talks about in 2019, I was called out West 
by my ancestors. At first, I was invited by Tribal Crafts, which was my opening. But I had been on a 10-year journey to return a sacred object that I never knew how I was going to get out to South Dakota. And my ancestors just started opening the doors. I went out with Tribal Crafts. I met a woman who I ended up staying with in Custer. I ended up in the Black Hills. We actually put that sacred object to rest. And then I traveled totally alone with very little direction up to Alberta to my homeland to participate in ceremonies with my Blackfoot chief and his wife. It was, it took all the courage that I could muster, even driving in states alone that I've never been. And I'm not, I have courage. Courage is one of my born gifts. But let me tell you, driving in the middle of the night through Montana and not having the GPS work and not knowing where I'm going and totally trusting spirit to get me there had me a little unnerved, right? I had to say, I finally, I, I had to surrender. There was no choice in the matter. And this whole journey is, is what I talk about in my next book because it was so miraculous. I mean, to the point where uh, my chief and his wife were doing preparatory ceremonies on the U.S. side of the border and where I was supposed to cross to go into Alberta. And they said, oh, well, meet us here in this town at this time. And, you know, everybody's on Indian time. So time is always, always a variant. But I ended up, you know, leaving Montana, driving through the state, driving through these these parks you know, when you see 60 miles on the East Coast, it's a straight shot. When there's 60 miles on a map in that area, you have to take into account that you're going up and down ravines and mountains. And it might take not an hour, but seven. It, you know, there was quite a, <laughs> I, you know, I was late getting to my Airbnb one night in the middle of the night, driving to this farm, didn't know how I was going to get there, like scared to death. Like, I mean, just because I have gifts doesn't mean I don't have emotions and I'm not human, you know, and they took me through my paces. So this book is, you know, coming together and it's quite interesting, but I was supposed to meet them and they were going to drive me to the reserve because there's, they're not on the maps. Like, it's not like out here. There's, you can't just pop it, punch it into your GPS and end up there. So I couldn't get a hold of her when I left because they were already in, in preparatory summer honeys. And so I thought I remembered what town it was, like drove in that direction, didn't realize I wasn't going to have any cell service. And about an hour before, I think it was the town of BAP is where I was going. An hour before I got to the town, I saw a pull-off that said, cell service, rest area. And I go, and I pull in and I take my phone out and tried to call my chief's wife. And I said a little prayer and she actually answered. And I said, oh, thank goodness. I'm here. I'll meet you in BAP in an hour. That's it. And she goes, oh, honey, I didn't feel good. We, we headed home. You need to cross the border. You need to go to this town and I'll send my daughter to come get you. <laughs>
I mean, it was like totally a trust fall the whole trip. Wow. And what I'll tell you is when I actually got up there, it was miraculous. So many things happened. But my grandfather, when I was in ceremonies there, my grandfather said, welcome home. You're the first one in our family to step foot on our land in seven generations. And I'm choking him. Um, it was extremely emotional. And he said it was because of the ceremonies that he did that called me back home. That's how powerful our ceremonies are. So the reason I tell that story is everybody comes from a different culture. Everybody has a history. And the old ones, I'm going to say the old ones, are calling us all back to what is natural to us to what is our true nature and what is an honest way of living. And as humans, we are evolving to a different level of understanding energetically. And they were, they on the other side, they are very excited about this time for us. And if we can tap into that even a little bit and create a little bit of a ritual for ourselves based in our own cultures. I'm not going to teach anybody how to be native. If it's, if you're not native, there is, you, you know, you could be Celtic, you could be Druid, you could, you, even the Italians had like their like little rituals that they would do. Like you have your own culture and that is where your power is. You have to come in, you have to find that place inside yourself and this is going to be it's it's really it's really a little bit of a treasure hunt to find the ritual for yourself that you're going to be able to fit into your day and actually do that's going to ground you to this time that we're in because if we do not stay grounded right now there is going to be a, a more chaos and confusion is going to you know get you swept up in the in the tornado of it oh absolutely it's, this is something we talk about a lot on the show about how we are in this period of transition where we are um, breaking away from the um, the trappings of a popular culture or a, uh, a, a materialistic culture moving more towards exactly. a spiritual culture mm -hmm. or a more connected culture. And so um, while that's that's happening whether you want it to or not whether you're going to accept it or not it's happening it's just happening the, the the world's going through a transition so you can either fight against it or you can go with the flow and learn how to adapt it into your daily life so that way you can be connected while the connection is happening you can thrive with it or you can fight against it and if you fight against it things aren't going to work out so great for you because not everybody's going if you're going right. to try to you know not everybody's going forward right and, and it's going to be yeah. very challenging for those people who are choose to hold on to their their modern culture and it's going to be less challenging for people who are accepting this this expansion as it's happening so that way they can be more in tune with it. Yeah. I was funny. I listened to a grandmother's, uh, I, I caught something from a grandmother, a native grandmother on, I think, Instagram last night. And it was very poignant to me. Um, 
because people the the colonized colonized world doesn't understand when we say land back first of all they don't understand missing and murdered women they don't realize that in the native culture in 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 all of especially united states and canada if there's a missing and murdered woman 80 percent if not 85 percent are native they disappear and they're never investigated hardly like if a a white girl goes missing they're on it she's all over the news right they're they're like everybody's looking for her if it's a native woman or someone on the res they could care less <laughs> they could care less so this is what this movement is about so if everybody sees the uh, so i'm just explaining all the red hands on women's faces this is us standing up for our sisters that had didn't have a voice it's a side note the land back movement. So I heard this grandmother and I just, I just resonated so strongly. She said, we are of the land. We, we are of this land. And so we are never homeless. We are home. We might be houseless for a periodic time. If we're going through a time that's difficult but we are never homeless because the land is our home and we are of her. We are of the earth. And so in my rituals, I tend to, I have uh, two medicine wheels. I have one that's private for my personal uh, use. And I have one that's public and I have people that come um, here if, if they're vetted by spirit, <laughs> let me put it that way. Spirit allows some people to come here and come into my, stone circle which is actually uh an ancient ancient circle it's not just native that one is actually i think comes from like a, a very old time even pre-druid and i have a lot of people cross-cultural that come to that and the energy in that circle really draws them in the connection to the earth in a stone circle is very intense and strong and it's not just native so this is like one of the practices that uh, I want to share. You know, I, I don't really call myself a teacher. I call myself more like a mentor. I, you know, my ancestors want me to teach and I'm like, mm, I teach by showing, I teach by doing, you know, I, you know, people's choices are their choices. And if they, you know, they can come and listen to a lecture by me all day long and then go home and just do their own, you know, colonized ways again, you know. So I think I would find disappointment if I called myself a teacher and then people didn't actually learn. But if I call myself a mentor and show them a way and that their choices, whether to reach down and reach for their power or not, that way I get to be a little more uh, trusting and hands off with spirit. Does that make sense? I mean, absolutely. So let's talk a bit about the the workshop itself. So um, yes, you're being a, a mentor, a, a guide. Mm -hmm. So is it, um, I'm from what I'm gathering from everything you've said so far, this is more of a journey of self-discovery rather than this is, you know, these are the, the tools that you use, exactly. and this is the, which is yeah. what you say to the four corners and whatever. It's, it's, it's more of a, okay, we're going to connect now to who you are and and what your ancestral lineage is. So that way you can be have a, a deeper 
personal connection to whatever that morning ritual is. Am I right on that? It's, you're exactly right. What I tell my, what I've always told all my grandchildren and my nieces and my nephew is that creator put you here and there is a gift inside of you that nobody can tell you what it is. They can't tell you where it is, but it's the one thing that makes you unique as a human being on this planet at this time. And there's no other person that is carrying this gift for God, just you. And it's like an interior treasure map. Like you are the only one that can find that treasure. Nobody can say, Oh, it, go look, it's, it's behind your ear, you know, <laughs> like, you know, or you, or you're really good at this, go do this. Like, no, because you are a unique individual. You've had a unique set of past lives at different ages. Um, you, you've been different genders. You've been different cultures. You are so unique. And this is what makes every human being precious that the gift that you've been given is something that is innate and natural to you. And it's so natural to you that sometimes you can't even find it because it's right there in front of your nose. So what I will do in the workshop, or what I will attempt to do is let you experience the peace that descends when you're in true place of ritual so that you have a guidepost to find that for yourself. Like, it's a feeling. People say, well, what does it feel like? I said, it feels like calm and peace. It, it's a place of peace and knowing and, and, and love. Really, like people don't equate calmness, peace with love. Like that, that's foreign to me. Of course, they all equal and mean the same. And the deeper peace you feel, the deeper love you feel from creator that's your that's your like little light to go by in the darkness like hello <laughs> you know <laughs> so if i can at the very very least um have people get to that place where they feel it they'll know what they're looking for in the little rituals that they develop for themselves does that make sense absolutely this is good it sounds very very exciting um so if you want to sign up for the workshop, you need to first attend the convention and you go to dowsers.org to go to, there's going to be a link right on the splash page that will get you to sign up for the convention. Now, housing is already closed, so you can't um, do the house, live on campus with us, but there's plenty of hotels in the area. And even if you just wanted to come for the day, we are offering day passes for you. So you can come in to the day that Roseanne is teaching her workshop. You can sign, you can get your day pass. You can then sign up for the workshop and then attend the convention that way. And so that's, it's very accessible for anybody who happens to be in the area, even if you're only coming for the day, or if you're coming for the entire convention, that would be wonderful for you to do that. I don't know if you know this, Bill, that if um, for the entire convention, I've been asked to do opening and closing ceremonies as well. Excellent. Excellent. So the opening ceremony is on Thursday evening and the closing ceremony is an, on at on Sunday, uh, right when we're ending, right around noon, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Excellent. Oh, yeah, and, there, and don't forget to mention there is the free workshop 
Right. That when you sign up for the convention, you are allowed to go to all these free workshops. So you don't have to just pay for the workshop itself. Yes. Well, the, the workshop, yes, the, the free workshops are one hour, basically one hour talks where, which are uh, for, for a lot of the speakers who are doing workshops, it's just a more condensed version of, of what their workshop is, or it could be something completely different. So yeah, it's, it's very exciting. If you've never been to one of these things before, um, it's a very unique experience. I've been going to the uh, the Dowsers convention for four years now, and this will be my fifth year as a speaker. So I'm really very, very stoked about being there and being a part of the behind the scenes as well. It's been a, a very exciting, rewarding experience. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited for the organization because this logo and the image that's been brought as a gift to them from spirit is what I'm going to say that that logo was is a transformational point. And it's about bringing like-minded people together and that the light that's going to be built with this is so, so strong that I'm so, I just feel so much interior excitement about this. There seems to be, there's this unknown, like a little surprise for the organization that's like on the horizon. A trans oh, yeah. of transition, right? Yes, uh, the, the the whole organization is in a transition state right now, which is, yeah. uh, I mean, not to get off on a tangent on that, but having being a member of the board of directors uh, for the last uh, ten months or so, it's been um, quite an adventure of a lot of changes happening in a very short period of time, and um, it's exciting. It's scary, but it's also very very exciting to understand and, and if you're interested and you want to become a member uh you can do that on the website as well and we're having our annual members meeting on wednesday night of the convention too so you can come to the event to um get just get an idea of where we were and where we are planning on taking the organization going forward um, again a lot of the stuff is still in the works it's a definitely a work in progress uh we've done a lot of pivoting a lot of ideas hey let's do this and then we get into it and we're like mm, maybe not let's 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 pivot to something else but it's, it's really it's really a, a mirror for the world though it's not just your organization it it's the old way of doing things is not sustainable and is no longer being supported by the energies absolutely so it has to go away there. There is no, if you're going to survive as a company, as a, even, even I'm running into this with my corporate clients and, and companies that, that are very, if they are the old way, patriarchal way, me over you, you do what I say, their organization is not going to make it through these transition times. They have to change and they have to see, uh, they have to be in service to their people right. from a place of heart, transparency, honesty. Like I'm talking to my clients in my design firm about spirit stuff. Sometimes, sometimes a channel comes through and I'm like, okay, whether you believe in this or not, this is where, this is where I see you five years out. And this is where it's coming from. It's right. not coming from me. So, you know, this is happening even for big companies. Right, exactly, yeah. and and you see that in just in the news right now. You're seeing so how many companies are now going out of business because they 
absolutely refuse to change their model or adapt their model to whatever is happening now, or, you know, they, they, or they were, they, they had such rigorous or uh, structures in place that it just couldn't, there was so many companies closed because of COVID, but they're blaming it on COVID, but those companies were on their way out before COVID. It was just, that was just the nail in the coffin. The spirits call it the dismantling. And so you're going to see it on a bigger and bigger scale, a huge scale. Like our entire country is about to go through (laughs) dismantling and rebuild. Um, Not to, not to scare anybody because, you know, we have, we have to build the new building on a solid foundation, not the crumbling one. It's just the way it is. So if people want to get in touch with you or, or just find your books or whatever, let's just do a quick rundown of (laughs) everywhere you are. I mean, you're all a lot of places, but where the price, if somebody was wanted to get the, the, the quick synopsis of who you are or, or just getting access to the books that you've written, where they go. Okay, so you know, as a as a web designer, I have too many websites, and I apologize to the outer world. I have I will be pulling them all together in one site, but you know, take care of my clients first. So what I would say is my primary website will be uh, Four Winds One Breath, and the reason my ancestors gave that name to me because I do four different things: one breath, one person. It's also uh, indicative of our four directions or ceremonies. So the website is the number four wins, W-I-N-D-S, the number one breath, B-R-E-A-T-H.com. And you can contact me through that, through that contact page. My book is totally separate. Uh, Marie Dion was actually my great, great grandmother's name, my great, great, great grandmother's name. And there's a whole story behind that. Uh, but so Marie Dion, D-I-O-N, uh, dot info will take you to that website. And again, I would go to, to the uh, Tribal Crafts tab. It's a landing page that'll take you to the special edition. And you can purchase the book there. Uh, and uh, for the design, cleanclearcreative.com. If you want to see the more professional side, um, edge of me, you can go there. There you go. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Looking so forward to actually meeting you in person at the conference. And thank you, everybody out there for listening. We hope to see you at the conference and uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you very much for having me. I'm so honored. Thank you for listening. For more information about Bill and Nina G., please go to www.vitalbioenergetics.com. See you next time.